good morning, everyone. I trust everybody's got a good dose of watering for a while. <laughs> we have a few more days, and then, then some clearing, and then it's going to start again. So let's turn with, uh, with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and hopefully we're going to finish the lesson up today. I believe we will. I'd like to start with verse 13 and uh, read through verse 16. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively, effectively worked also in you that believed. For ye, brethren, being followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, both who killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always. For the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that we can claim that grace that you've given to us, that we're saved by grace. And Father, we know that we can trust in you. We have that faith that you'll take care of us as we walk on this earth. And Father, we know the challenges that we read of the challenges in the, in the scriptures about how Christians were persecuted. And Father, how today Christians around the world are persecuted. Father, here in the United States, it's relatively safe for most Christians. There is a certain amount of persecution, but we know, Father, that you give us the ability to endure it. We think back over history of the many persecutions that go on. And, Father, how, as a result of persecution, your gospel went forward, and it's growing, and it continues to grow until you call us all home. And then, Father, you'll bring that wrath down upon this earth. Father, we thank you that you love us, you take care of us, you guide us and direct us. You give us wisdom and for what we are to bring forth. And I do pray, Father, that as we bring forth your word today, that it will glorify you in all that's done. And we ask it for your son's sake. Amen. Well, we finished off last week. And now look at we're looking at the consequences of their ministry. Last week, we, we kind of... We followed with the care in their ministry and, and how uh, uh, they were teaching. And so as a result of that teaching, there's a consequence with it. And if we look back at uh, verse 13, uh, a question comes up, who deserved the credit for the results of the missionary's preaching? It's almost rhetorical. rhetorical. Pastor mouthed the word over there, God, obviously. You know, without that, it, it, the word is not going to go forth. Without God being involved in it, the word will not prosper. People will not grow. People will not learn. The world is, is so uh, enamored with, with everything that's going on that uh, they will do everything they can to uh, force Christians not to be able to speak. We're seeing that now. We're seeing things that, you know, where good is evil and evil is good. And uh, a lot of us, now that we're getting into uh, the voting season, 
Uh, it's, it's more and more important for us. And we're going to be persecuted for what we believe. Uh, maybe not like what's happening to people where they'll go out and kill us, but the Apostle Paul is, is, is making uh, kind of a transition from the attitudes and activities uh, that, that were uh, they were pushing for the acceptance of the word. In other words, they, they were bringing forth uh, the word, telling people, and then uh, now they're in, in sort of, um, I guess you could call what we're in now like an apprenticeship program. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to be learning. God has got plans for us. And in, in an apprenticeship or a mentorship program, uh, the master has guidelines that we're to follow. Well, he laid them out for us right here. And you know, it, we're like, oh, some of that stuff's so tough. Well, we also have that advocate that goes along with it, the Holy Spirit, that, that keeps giving us direction. And, you know, we, the Thessalonians were, were accepting God's word. And they knew that, yes, men were delivering that word to us, but it wasn't men's words. And, and there are people out there going, well, you know, Paul, he, he just kind of spoke his mind. He said what he wanted to say. Well, we have it recorded here in Scripture and, 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 and the results of the salvation of those people, of the Thessalonians, some of the Jews, the Gentiles. It was definitely of God. It's like when we listen to the Word, we hear the Word, we, we understand that we're sinners and that there's nothing that we can do and we recognize that and accept Christ as our Savior, it's only because of God. Not anything that the preacher was saying or the person that was showing us the scriptures. It's not anything that any of us could do when we share the gospel with somebody. But it's important that we understand that it, it's from God. And they recognize that it came from God. And it was, not, it was more than, than just human words. And then recognizing that, you know, as Christians, we recognize that word when we got saved. And then we recognize that once we learn day by day from the scriptures, from our fellowship, from, from listening to good Bible-believing messages, that we're to continue working. And we've mentioned before, there's some people that they got saved and that's all the more that they're going to do. They're not going to go any further. One, because maybe they don't have the capacity. Or maybe they just say, okay, that's it. God will use that however he needs to to further his gospel. Some people, God may put them on the shelf, kind of like what he's done with Israel. You know, there, we've talked about groups out there that, that have said that uh, Christians have replaced Israel and that we're the, now the spiritual Israel or something like that. Scripture doesn't say that. And we, we point that out many times. God does put people, put groups on the shelf until he needs them. And eventually he's going to pull them off the shelf and he's going to use them. Uh, you know, if, if it's nothing more than when we get down and look in, uh, in, in verse uh, uh, 16 where it talks about that, uh, uh, or uh, oh, 15, you know, where he talked about that, you know, his wrath and his wrath upon them. And, and kind of it's, it's kind of like they're facing some of his wrath now where um, there are Jews out there that believe in Christ as their Savior and knows that that's the Messiah. There's others out there that are still looking for the Messiah. They're scattered. They're blinded. 
And so they're giving some, uh, you know, some of God's wrath is being given upon them in that way. So a question that comes up again out of verse, uh, chapter 13, it says, what did the word of God enable the Thessalonians to do? What did the word of God do, do to us when we got saved? <laughs> Help us to spread the gospel, didn't it? It allows us to, to be examples, to look at other believers and learn from them. Because each one of us are, are an example to somebody. Somebody's going to be looking up to us. We talked last week about disciplers and disciples and how important it is as, when we disciple somebody that it is a long-term commitment. And if that person's with you long enough, you're going to find that they're going to start emulating what you do. We mentioned before how uh, some people when they get into, into Bible college uh, have certain speakers that they like to follow. Uh, some when uh, Jack Hiles had his throat problem, there were preachers that kept <coughs> clearing their throat when they speak. You know, they thought that that was important. That was how to get the word across or to emphasize. Found out that he had a throat problem and had to have an operation. But I was with the pastor that went to that college and sure enough, that's how he was. Once he got his throat taken care of and he wasn't clearing it all the time, I kind of wonder what happened. There are others. My son used to laugh when he went to Bob Jones. That uh, Bob Jones Sr., he'd preach, he'd preach like this. And they started catching a lot of young guys preaching with their hand up. Finally, one day, he explained that the only reason he did that was so he wouldn't, his upper plate wouldn't fly out. Yeah, little, it's, it's interesting, though, how some people, we want to follow their examples of good Bible preachers that teach that, you know, when the word is coming out, we, we might want to follow them. We see, you know, people that, uh, that we want to be like. And God will bring us through some of that stuff. He will give us what we need to get the gospel across. And that was what was happening here. You know, the examples. I'm sure there were a lot, of a lot of those Thessalonians that wanted to emulate how Paul presented the word, or Silas, or Timothy. They looked at him and goes, that word just, it, it just spoke to me. I wanted to be like him. And we know that Paul, he was not sorry for what he preached. That's the important thing. We should never be sorry for when we preach the word. So the Thessalonians, they welcomed the word. But as a result, they suffered some persecution. Uh, verse uh, 14, you know, uh, they laid out that, that it, uh, you know, for ye brethren f uh, become followers of the churches of God in Judea are in Christ Jesus, for ye suffered like things of your own countrymen. And a lot of people are seeing that today in Middle Eastern countries when a person accepts Christ Muslims persecute them kill them that's why a lot of them don't say anything or they try to get out of there but it's a death sentence back then it was even a death sentence in, in some instances some of the Gentiles they left the pagan religions they were um, they wanted, they didn't want any more of that and, and saw the teachings that the Apostle Paul presented 
But they were willing to suffer those persecutions because they knew, as the Apostle Paul kept showing to them and telling by his example, that you're going to suffer this, but that suffering's for a short period of time. It's going to one day take you into glory. It's going to prepare you to know that when you get into heaven, see, that was what he promised that for, why, why we got there. And to know that how real is that word in your life? How real is the word of God going to be when you are persecuted here? We don't know what's going to happen in the next few years with Christians in the United States. We have churches now that are being told by their governors that they can't meet. We're thankful that we read the executive orders properly and apply, applied the, those rules in such a way that we were able to continue meeting because we can. Some churches are large enough where it's difficult for that. They did the best they can. Some that says, oh, you can't meet in person. I don't care how many people you have or how much distancing you have, you cannot meet in, in, in person. But yeah, those same governors say, allow riots to go on, allow casinos to continue in because somehow or another some of these things bring money into them as long as money's coming in that's fine to them churches are a burden while well, we can't get the taxes out of them so we're gonna we're gonna make sure that they shut down and as a result there's some that have fought back and said no a few governors actually were told by their supreme courts that's not right you can't do that fortunately it was a a board of judges that knew the gospel but followed the constitution said you can't infringe on that others are liberal and they weasel word around and say yeah he can do that it's all on how they manipulate the words but it's important to realize that they were living the gospel and they were willing to be persecuted for that so a question comes up it says many of today's believers are reluctant to share the gospel even when the worst repercussions they'll face is probably ridicule and of course now if we look at our situation here with people being so worried about social distancing or if somebody's speaking to them directly of, of uh, the COVID issue um, so what does their reluctance to witness in the face of say petty consequences say about how much influence the word of God is having on their lives any thought Lisa uh, one of the things that I've been teaching in my class on Wednesday nights is that we are in this country I think largely Christian light L-I-T-E rather than Christian lights that's a good that's way to look at it thing. yeah it, I mean there are people out there that are getting the word out that are preaching. I'm thankful that we're able to get out over the internet for some of those that can't make it in for physical reasons or are concerned for their health that say, I can at least get the word through there. And we're not shrieking from the gospel. So it's something to think about that what does a person think about? You know, we think of people that we work with. Maybe we can share a word of scripture something comes up we're able to share brother Chris has mentioned you know he's been able to to witness to some of the, the folks that he worked with uh, 
Brother Austin when he's out in the field, things like that, and Charlie at work, and, and Brian, and, and you know, each and every one of us as we go through there, some way or another, we can, we can share that gospel. And for the most part, people here are not too worried about what somebody might think. So it's, it's very important. And you know, so if, if you think of, well, maybe I hadn't ought to, sometimes we th listen to the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we're like, okay, I really don't feel like doing this. But if the opportunity was there, we should take it. And, and, and it makes us wonder, you know, how important is the word to us? You know, and, and of course, what's nice is when you share the gospel, a person goes, you know, I made that commitment years ago, and I'm so thankful that you've given me that opportunity or that you were willing to, to share your testimony with me that encouraged me. And, and it's, it's important, um, you know, that, that are we willing, how much persecution are we willing to take as individuals? The Thessalonians, some of theirs was potentially being killed. I mean, you think of what happened to uh, uh, Paul and Silas in, in, uh, in Philippi. You know, they were beaten. They, their backs were laid open. Well, fortunately, we don't have that going on here, but... We do have people that are standing up for things in these riots. They get beat. They get shot. That, that things happen to them. And they're willing to stand up for things. You know, it's so in, in one sense, you have to hand it to people that want to stand up on one side for not the word of God. But how willing are we to stand up for the word of God on our side? More and more people are getting the strength to do that. Well, where does that come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from us being willing to, to put the gospel before us. You know, and, and as he was talking about in, in verse 15 here, it says, you know, both who killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and persecuted us and they pleased not God. It, God is not pleased with, with people that want to stop the gospel he's not happy with that at all he does give people the strength they're willing to stand up you know so it's like how much can we are we willing to endure uh, one of the questions is is uh, you know why were the the jews the judaizers so adamant about stopping the gospel makes you really wonder why were they so adamant when they had the scriptures and Paul was just teaching from the scriptures he took them to the Old Testament they were they were not willing to give up what they had made for themselves so to speak it's kind of hard to uh, to take somebody that maybe is very rich or well well established in in what they do and then show them in the gospel where they're going to die and go to hell if they don't have Christ. A lot of people have that assurance in their mind that I made myself, I made my fortune, I made my way of life. I don't need God in my life to do that. But how many times have we seen that even the richest, most powerful people in the world can be brought down? They can lose it right off the bat. I, th I think of uh, people that as they go through uh, life, you know, dictators, tyrants, they built their, all their fortunes up 
and the people don't like it after a while and rebel and guess what that person just gets pummeled and killed because the people didn't like what they were doing was it because that person's mind was changed or their heart was changed toward the Lord don't know won't know that until we get to glory but I do know that as you look back on people that died because they were tyrants or doing what they were like they were talking about in here in verse 15 persecuting and killing people for things God makes sure that they understand uh, what did he do to Herod for instance had worms crawling all over him I think of uh, people that committed suicide they got to a certain point and they couldn't get any more or they saw that the well, my, my kingdom is collapsing, so the only thing I have left to do is commit suicide. Nero was one. Hitler's another. Look at Mussolini. He was murdered by his people. Gaddafi, the same way. Saddam Hussein, he was hung by his people. You look through there and you, you, you kind of look and see, well, maybe God is getting his just reward on these, possibly, but he's using an example that I don't care how, how great you are, it could be taken away in a heartbeat. What did he do to Nebuchadnezzar for seven years? Took it away from him, made him a, a, an animal. But the Jews, they did not want to lose the law and, and their long list of traditions that they built up and added to it. You know, like, what do you mean? I got to give up all that stuff? All I have to do is say I accept Christ as my Savior? Nah, that's, that's too easy. Can't do that. We have people today that say the very same thing. So what do they end up doing? The Jews killed Christ. But that was God's plan. He had to be sacrificed. We know that. We've, we've been taught that. If it wasn't them killing, putting him on the cross, then it would have been another way for him to be a sacrifice. But that was preordained. The timing was perfect. We know that God has all things planned out. And he knows that, that if, if we do what he asked of us we we are better off you know you, you always uh, people always think well what would have happened if Adam and Eve would have done what they were supposed to do back in the garden of Eden <laughs> really makes you wonder one day we probably ask God what would have happened <laughs> I don't think we really will we'll probably understand everything that God has taught us to do but as we go through that God's wrath as he says is such that he was his wrath is going to eventually come on them when, when we get in the tribulation Israel's going to see that some are going to get saved out of that but his, his wrath is going to be poured out on the earth so when we think about verses 15 and 16 how do you think the Thessalonians reacted to being in the same list of persecuted people as Jesus, the prophets, Paul and his companions. How do you think they felt? Like, hmm, this is cool, Pastor. They, they would have been encouraged. I'm brought in to this company, like understanding why they persecuted them. Why are we being persecuted? And even today, you, you look back through Fox's Book of Martyrs those that were living for the Lord, doing what was right, you know, the, when, you, when you think of that, 
reaction that they would be honored. It's like us. When persecution comes, are we going to be like those that are before us? How will we react? Will we just cower down and say, well, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I guess you guys are right. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give up, you know, put this thing away and not worry about it. It's like some people, um, I think I was reading a story, maybe somebody mentioned about, you know, how much persecution a person's willing to, to endure, taking away everything, taking away everything, and then finally agreeing to it. I think it maybe it was Brother Herzl was talking about this, agreeing and agreeing and agreeing. And then when you get to a final point that you say, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, I agree with you. Let's say you're only saying that because you want us to stop. How much further will they go? I think of prisoners of wars. There, there are ways that people were psychologically being brainwashed. That's what's happening today. People are being brainwashed to where even Christians, I just read an article, and you may have had two. There are, there are Christians out there that are promoting voting for Biden, for instance, pro-life Christians. Oh, we need to do that because this other man is evil. He he been married so many times, he's done all this, and he's a oh, he says bad things. What did God do to us when we got saved? What do you think God would do now if he brought all that our past up? He's going to eventually, but he's going to point out. He forgave us for that. You know, as, as the voting gets closer and closer, that's so important for us. You know, many of us here just are very strong in our beliefs. We know how we're going to vote. We can probably go to Scripture for each one of the portions that we feel that it's important for us. And there are other things that we can say, okay, we can accept some of that. But when it's murdering babies, when it's taking the good and making it evil, when it's promoting things that are definitely contrary to Scripture, you know, we have to, we have to think about it. Hebrews 12, 1, uh, 1 through 3 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the wraiths that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds it's so, so important for us to live a life that is honoring to God you know how we live our lives is it honoring to God are we doing things that are contrary? Are we doing things that if somebody caught us doing, would we be embarrassed about when it's brought to our attention? You know, and, and as we think back through this whole series, the you know, confirmation of their ministry, it was a ministry of God and controlled by the Holy Spirit. The character we talked about of their ministry, their motives, they were trusting God and they were honest. They were, their manner, they were gentle, like a, like a nurse or like a mother takes care of, of, of a child. The maintenance that they had, Paul and his team 
they were they took care of their own support or they didn't expect the people for that support and their their conduct it should be like ours there they were devoted to their ministry the word they used was holily and justly or they were righteous in there they were men of integrity and found blameless can we be found blameless in in what we present hopefully we pretty much can. We know that when we stumble and fall. The care of their ministry was like a father charges his children, trains them up the way a master trains an apprentice. When we disciple somebody, the consequences that we just mentioned, we give credit to God for our successes. And, it, and, and I love it when glory is given to God when success is, is presented. You know, somebody goes, well, yeah, I was really good at that, and I was trained, and this and that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, God had a lot to do with it. But rather, than, you know, I'm thankful that the Lord gave me the ability to be able to do this. Or something to that effect. It's, it's such that, you know, he, he explained that character and conduct, that, and the Thessalonians carried it on because they developed a church. And they were a young church. I mean, they were only a few weeks old and a few months old when the Apostle Paul wrote the letter. But here, here's some rhetorical questions and we can close with this. Is, suppose that tomorrow you told every unbeliever with whom you normally come in contact with that you're a believer. Which of the following would most represent their responses? Are you serious? Or, yeah, I could tell. Something to think about. <laughs> How are people going to look at you? And then, Another one to, to, to walk away from this with is what in your life needs to change before you can say that you walk worthy of God before the lost. And that's something that each one of us, as we go through, we need to do. I know where I stumble and fall. And through encouragement across here, each one of us gets encouraged by each other. And what's in scripture, I can patch the holes in my knees from stumbling and falling in the dirt. You know, take my shoes and knock the dirt off the tips of them. Hopefully I didn't scuff them too bad and have to put a little extra polish in there. I think a lot of times, you know, that extra polish requires me to get in the word a little bit more. You know, and it's when we think on that, it, it makes us really encouraged by those that went before us. Those that were persecuted so that we wouldn't have to as much. But how much are we willing to follow through with? Can we endure what some of these, could we endure a beating? Could we endure somebody coming in and just taking everything away from us and telling us, you cannot have a thing because you're a Christian? You know, heaven forbid that should happen. Thankful and right now we have, fortunately, people that would stop a lot of that from happening. But it is happening. Churches are losing their ability to meet because the governor says, no, you can't do that. Thankful that we, I mean, our governor, <clears throat> I'd like her just to walk away and just keep walking. But, you know, she's there. Pray for him. That's all we can do about our leaders is pray for them. Pray that they will do eventually what's right. 
They're supposed to let us live a peaceable life. Not infringe upon our ability to, to worship God as we see fit. That also includes other religions. Christian Law Association points that out to us on a regular basis. If we want freedoms, well, I guess we have to put up with somebody else's freedoms. But we don't have to let that influence us. We know what the word says. We want to teach the truth. That's what the Apostle Paul was teaching was the truth. That's important for us. So how do we teach that truth? What kind of persecution are we willing to endure? Being told that forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they might be saved. We shouldn't be forbidden from teaching somebody and sharing the gospel with somebody. There are times when we shouldn't be doing that. There's times when we say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to hand that person a tract or ask them about that. But maybe I can. And we've all had that opportunity. Maybe it's just giving somebody a tract and moving on. One of them, one of them said the other day, asking if, if, if they could give them a tract or, or something, and, and, and they thought it was something else. It goes, oh, no, 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 oh, oh well, that's what that, no problem, thank you, and moved on. How willing, how far are we willing to go for the Lord? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Father, I thank you that you do take care of us. You show us in scripture about the armor that we can put on, that we can be protected and be ready for the battle, but yet we know you are doing the battle for us. You just want us to be ready. You want us to be willing to, to serve you in the capacity that you've asked us to do. Some of us may be in that battlefront. Others may be just nothing more than prayer warriors. Some of us may be great witnesses in our actions and how we speak with others. But Father, all of us should be capable of doing that and be willing to, to follow what you'd have us to do. I pray, Father, as you take us into the morning services that our hearts continue to be open for what you'd have us to learn. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.